Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Friday the 19th of August. Thank God it's Friday. And as usual with all the information contained in this briefing, it is general advice only. So please do your own research, contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this briefing. If you need to, you can always pause the slideshow here and read our disclaimer in full. And if you're listening on a podcast, wherever you are in this wonderful world of ours, you can always check out the disclaimer on marcustoday.com.au. Sign up for a free trial if you're not yet a member, or of course you already know the wonderful goodies that are available on our site, as well as the emails and newsletters, etc. All right, well, we had another quietish night in the US. I have to say, a very narrow range. Again, only a 200-point range. A lack of conviction and lack of volume as well, despite coming to the tail end of US reporting season. Uh, The Dow did dip, and then we saw buyers emerge. We had the Dow up 19 points, or 0.06 of a percent. 33,999. Couldn't quite make the 34,000 level. Uh, We had the S&P 500 up 0.23%, better than the NASDAQ, which was up 0.21. S&P up 10 points, 42.84. The NASDAQ up 27 points, 12,965.21%. And the VIX index, as you can imagine, given the lack of volatility in the US markets at the moment, uh, was off a little bit below 20, down 1.71%. Our SPY futures are showing that we could have a little positiveness in our day, up 23 points um, on the SPY. Yesterday, the ASX 200 fell 15 points, so we're really not going anywhere at the moment at around this 7,100 level, but uh, up 23 points on SPY futures overnight. So the US market once again dominated by uh, some economic data coming out. Uh, We did also see some uh, mixed signals from Fed chiefs and we saw a mixed set of results as well. But uh, there was certainly a buy the dip mentality in place last night. But it is pretty quiet. But all that could be shattered today or tonight rather in the US as it is a big, big options and derivatives expiry day. So that can create a lot more volatility than normal. But August has been the calmest month in the US this year. So a 200-point trading range, top of 64 points on the Dow and a low of 136 down, closing up 19. So you can see not an awful lot of action there. As far as commodities go last night, though, Brent crude up 3.14%, which is a little worrying because the reason that inflation has been moderating is that we have seen these falls in the oil price, but it has been creeping back up. 96.59 now for Brent. WTI up $2.39 or 2.7%, $90.50, so creeping back above the $90 level. US gold in in US dollar terms, 1771.2, down $5.50. The iron ore price pretty stable, 0.12% higher, 13 cents, 104.72. The Aussie dollar 69.13 at the moment. Looking at other commodity prices last night, we had copper up 1.2%, nickel down half, aluminium down 0.4, zinc down 1.5, lead down 1.6, ton up 1%.
Looking at the miners overseas, BHP was up uh, just over 1%, 1.03%. Rio up 1.4% in ADR terms. Freeport McMoran doing well up 3.2%. Alcar up 3.6%. Tech up 2.4%. Anglo down 2%. Glencore up 2.4%. And Albemarle slightly higher in the lithium space, up 0.7% last night. So... Uh, not a huge amount of action, but it's certainly a little bit of a bias towards the upside there for the miners. Here you can see the S&P 500, pretty convictionless, pretty much drifty kind of day, closing up 0.23%, and uh, not an awful lot there. U.S. stocks in terms of some of their tech stocks, Apple down 0.2, Meta down 0.1, Google up 0.5, Microsoft down 0.4, Tesla down 0.4. Very calm over there at the moment and uh, lack of volatility block even very calm down 0.8 of a percent u.s banks eased a little bit with the exception of goldman's which was up 0.2 of a percent and twitter down 0.3 but nothing very exciting to report from overseas last night certainly it will all be about results here today the fallout from yesterday's results and of course uh, today's ones dropping we'll get into those uh, but we did see dip buyers emerge in a bit of a seesaw kind of session in the US but very tight range as I say we do have uh, options expiry tonight two trillion US dollars worth of uh, derivatives expiring at the soft well this evening in the US and James Bullard who I have to say has been the man who has got it right in terms of US inflation in terms of US rate rises he has certainly been the man to back, and he is backing a 75 basis point rate rise next month. That's towards the end of September. One set of analysts say the past of least resistance for U.S. equities is higher, and Chinese drought points to higher demand for coal, according to Liberum. Uh, this is resulting in a lack of water in hydro plants and these uh, the hydro storage lakes. So as a result, it could be that we continue to see our coal stocks push higher. And that's certainly something that we've seen in the last uh, few months. Uh, massive highs for um, Whitehaven, 11-year high yesterday for Whitehaven. Uh, Terracom doing well. Bowen Coal, BCB also doing well. And New Hope. Um, according to uh, uh, one analyst, uh, Shah Shima Shah, who uh, is with Principal, uh, power should end stock markets optimism. She was formerly, I think she was the IMF's chief economist, so she does know what she's talking about. Uh, she believes that next week the uh, Federal Reserve Chief Jerome Powell should end all this optimism about a Federal Reserve pivot at Jackson Hole, which is the big central banker's gab fest, which takes place every year. And so um, she believes that Powell should puncture the balloon that suggests that we are going to see a Fed pivot. Uh, JP Morgan strategists see, uh, still see the S&P 500 finishing at 4,800. Currently, the S&P 500 is 42.84. So it's got about a 10% upside, according to JP Morgan strategists, by the end of the year. And the Philadelphia Fed index and initial claims have beaten expectations with existing home sales continuing to be weak, showing the U.S. housing slowdown continues as higher interest rates bite. Uh, Cisco headlines strong batch of tech earnings, and the latest Fed speak continues to push back against Fed pivot narrative. So just be careful that this pivot narrative 
uh, it doesn't get punctured next week at Jackson Hole. As far as reporting and what our market expects today, well, we do have that 23-point rise in the SPY, so certainly a, a bias to the upside after a bit of a, a down day yesterday, but nothing very exciting. It will all be about results again, as usual. Super Thursday has come and gone, but we've now got uh, Friday's dump. We've got uh, the likes of AGL, Cleanaway, Cochlear, Ingham's, Latitude, Newcrest, Stockland, and TPG Telecom out. So far, I have seen Cochlear, uh, which has reported FY underlying NPAT of 277 million. Consensus was 284.6, so that looks like a bit of a miss, certainly on that headline number. Also, we've seen Latitude out, and we've also have seen the news that the CEO, Ahmed Farou, has announced he will retire from the companies by the end of August 2023. So that's a year away, but anyway. Uh, in other news, James Bullard says he is leaning towards that favouring a 75 basis point hike. Uh, Jackson Hole very much in focus for next week. 25th to the 27th, that is the uh, happening. So that starts on uh, when's that? Thursday till Saturday. So um, we've got the stock 50, uh, 50 in Europe up 0.6, FTSE up 0.4, CAC up 0.5, and DAX up 0.5 of a percent. 10 year yields in the US 2.88%. Australia crept up a smidge. Uh, 3.33 Germany still a little bit elevated on where we have seen it in the last few weeks 1.1% and as I said earlier August has been the calmest month all year two trillion worth of options expiring though tonight Uh, this monthly event includes 975 billion US of S&P 500 linked contracts and 430 billion dollars worth of derivatives across single stocks scheduled to run out. Cochlear has guided for an underlying net profit between 290 and 305 in FY 2023, equal to growth between 5 to 10%. And they did report that NPAT 277, consensus was around 284.6. And Nearmap, the suitor there, uh, that's uh, Thomas Bravo, uh, faces investment banks as the due diligence period is finishing soon. I think they've extended that DD period another week to allow them to try and get uh, funding, etc., together for that $1.1 billion bid. And Fisher & Paykel Healthcare has guided to first-half revenue of $670 million US, uh, sorry, New Zealand dollars, and net profit of two of 85 to 95 New Zealand dollars. Accent Group, as well, out this morning, early, has posted a net profit down 59% to 31.4 on sales, up 13.8 to $1.13 billion final dividend of four cents so i think it's going to be a relatively cautious day today but we might see a little bit of interest stoked in the resource stocks not much to talk about in the banks but once again it is all going to be about results uh, last night also interestingly gold road took another five odd percent of uh, degray mining deg something uh, that's been uh, Now they're moving to just under 20%, so it's interesting to see if they will move higher. They've certainly said that they have no plans to at the moment and no plans to make a bid, but certainly the market has been expecting it and it would make a certain amount of logic. As far as question of the day goes today, what stock would you short? If you could choose any stock out there, uh, what stock would you short? Certainly plenty of candidates post some of the results this week. So what stock would you short, or what stock have you shorted, I guess, if you're in the business of shorting stocks? Uh, Have you shorted any stocks? If so, which stock? 
Well, that's it from me. Thanks very much for listening. You can head on over to the Marcus Today Facebook discussion group. As always, it's a fantastic group. Yesterday, I posed a question about a three-stock portfolio. If you were starting from scratch, which was posed to Ben Clark from TMS Capital and myself from the Livewire team on Wednesday when we did when we were filming a segment there. So it prompted me to think that maybe there's some uh, great brains trust and some crowdfunding of ideas going on out there with the Marcus Today community and had some great answers from you guys. So thanks very much for all your suggestions. I've made a bit of a, uh, an article today about those suggestions, looking at the commonality and the ones that do feature a lot in those suggestions. But if you're listening to this on a podcast, don't forget, of course, there's the Marcus Strategy Podcast, which is now behind a paywall. This is so that members get the benefit of this rather than us giving away our IP for nothing. But the Marcus Strategy Podcast, which is the fly on the wall morning meeting podcast, is now behind a paywall. But uh, I hope you can still find it and enjoy it. It's certainly still worthwhile. And my On the Couch podcast as well. Yesterday I recorded a good session with Dr. Leslie Chong from uh, IMU, the stock code there, talking about Caravaggio, Italian art, art history, and I guess Imugene as well in terms of their uh, progress in the oncology sector. So a great chat, interesting chat with uh, with Leslie Chung there. Then that will be available later today on the uh, website. Also, I did record as well last night the session three in the four-part series for Beginner's Guide to the Stock Market Investing. Session three is concentrating on technical analysis. So if you've got kids or young people that you want to get interested in the market, this is probably a way to turn them off completely. But if you have got kids that are interested in the market, it might be a great idea to sit them down, sit them down with their friends maybe, and they can watch the webinar and uh, always welcome to ask questions, etc. of us as well. So that's a great resource, and uh, I'd urge you to sit the kids down. The sooner they start, the sooner they will benefit from that. But that's it from me. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great day, and may the trading gods be with you.